0: Well, everyone knows Custer died at Little Bighorn, What this book presupposes is... Maybe he didn't? Let me ask you something. Why would a review make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius?
1: So fast, Lone Star. Helmet! So, at last we meet for the first time for the last time. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. What? I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. So, Lone Star, now you see that evil will always triumph, because good is dumb.
0: Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar. Or a lemon wedge or oh natural. Mmm 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 Now that's Winslow Tea. A New York City tradition since eighteen seventy two. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer, cause that's how you know it's Winslow. to the bottom baby oh yeah it's the award-winning race to the bottom Is sponsored by Winslow Tea because that's how you know it's Winslow, and I'm drinking it right now. Here we go. Hmm. <sighs> ice, ice coffee, ice coffee, ice tea on a cold day. Gotta match your temperatures. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know. And steep into the conversation. This is uh, this is the Vince Guaraldi trio. Guaraldi, Garaldi the Vince Guaraldi. I never know how to say his last name. Guaraldi or Guaraldi? Guess it's Garaldi. There is an L up in there. With Felicidade. Felicidade, right? And what are the lyrics to this? Tristesa não tem fim, felicidade sim. Sadness has no end, but happiness, yes, it does. And how apropos, because it's March seventh, right? Let me check. Yeah, it's March 7th, and we're starting the second annual March Sadness Tournament. More on that in a, in a second. You know what's not, what doesn't make me sad? You know what's not sad? At least not yet. I'm, I'm coaching baseball, guys. Say hello to the assistant coach of the middle school baseball team at the school that I cannot tell you what it is that's my official title well let's just say that these kids are not they're not Derek Jeter they're not uh, Ernie Banks I have a advisee um I'm I'm an advisor to eight students and we meet a couple times a week. And I told them uh guys come out come out to the uh join the baseball team. I am uh the assistant coach. Ladies, girls, you can join too. And one of my one of my students this this girl uh joined the team. It's uh pretty 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 awesome and she's a natural she's never played baseball before but uh it's cool it's like the the story the laughing man by jd salinger you guys ever read that as bremer and mccoy comes and re-centers the conversation bremer and mccoy hodger our official backing band of race to the bottom these guys I knew where they were from. They are from somewhere in Scandinavia, and then I forgot again where they're from. So we will have to do some more research. But when they they're on tour in Europe, and if they come to the United States, sure as my middle name is Bartholomew, they're going to be sitting right right across from me. Maybe playing live in the studio. They'll play this song live. One one day up in here, in the Winslow T. Broadcast Booth. Yeah, but J.D. Salinger, you know J.D. Salinger. He wrote this the uh, the book, The Catcher in the Rye, about the guy who said everybody's phonies, and then the ducks. He wonders where the ducks go in the in the winter. Yeah, he wrote this this short story in his collection, Nine Stories. Called the Laughing Man, it's set in New York City about a hundred years ago. And these kids, I guess it's like pre-pre like summer camp. They just hang out with this with this coach. My research team says that Brimmer and McCoy are from Denmark. Thank you, research team. Yeah, so this, these kids, they have this, this coach, this, he's basically a camp counselor and he gets this bus and picks him up and takes him to Central Park and to places all over New York. They play baseball. And then he tells him this story about the laughing man every day. He's like this Chinese secret agent. And then you realize, through the course of the short story, that this, this camp counselor's his his tales of the laughing man mirror his his own rise and fall, his own personal life. So that's my big. Inspiration as a assistant baseball coach at this school, middle school, where I can't tell you where it is. Isn't that my title? I can't forgot the exact wording. So I'm going to start telling these kids a, a, a story. Just weave in my own personal inadequacies, and I hope they listen they don't listen i'm gonna say rude 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 i had a science teacher who said that miss drury shout out to miss drury she started out as a sub and then she became like a permanent sub when when like our regular science teacher like fell off a mountain or something i don't remember so i'll uh, anyway long story short laughing man story short a short story. <laughs> Man. Okay, reset. Um, I will tell you more about my my baseball team as the season progresses, unless our season is canceled because of the apocalypse. Speaking about apocalypse, how about that mashup? Bringing the world as you know it to an end. We heard from in my Continuing quest to play clips of the entire Royal Tenenbaums. Everybody knows General Custer died at the Battle of Little Bighorn, but what my books presupposes is that maybe he didn't. We heard "She Bangs" (laughs) from Ricky Martin, the master. Switching Sides Like a Gemini. I had the the title of that song in my head. And then I, so I threw the, I don't know how you get a title of your song in your head. That's kind of, that's a peel back the curtain into what's going on in my, my brain. Getting song titles stuck in my head. She bangs. Switching Sides Like a Gemini. Then we heard from Lone Star and Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. Might play every clip of that movie as well. So, we meet again for the first time and the last time. You see that evil always triumphs because good is dumb. This is John Schofield. A go-go. Listen to this for a second. the show forgot to throw the do not disturb on there it's a it's like a robocall from charlotte north carolina it's annoying all right so here we go guys long-awaited march sadness let's dive into this We're, we're starting with a sweet 16 I guess maybe we should do, uh, I, sh- I should just let you know the the team names. And these are kind of, these team names are, are kind of summaries of their memory. First, first in our first uh, matchup, we've got Double Doink against The Name on the Barn. Our second matchup, Crying in the Library versus The Maple Tree. In our third battle, we have dumped over nausea versus Ford Pardons Nixon. Our 4th f- our, our our fourth I'm trying to think of synonyms for game. Our first our fourth contest. I already said that. Let's see, let's see. synonym. Contest. Synonym. Get this up in here. Here we go. And our fourth bout. You like that? Falling down at JFK Gym versus Engaged X. And our fifth trial. That one doesn't work as well. Passed out parakeet versus dumped at Wolf of Wall Street. Our seventh meet. Is that seventh? I don't care. Who cares about the numbers? Flying candlesticks versus five foot ten. I guess that would be sixth. Here's seventh. Our seventh heat. Kind of works. Paddle panic versus too sad for recess and then our final our final competition will be pizza quote unquote delivery and verse verse tears of joy and grief this is gonna be great and people are wondering how how am I gonna decide who wins I tried to go online to, to see like a, a thing where people could vote. Like a a bracket where people could vote to drive hits to my online presence. And yeah, that would be fun and self-serving. But it was too much work. So here's what I did. I got an independent judge. A woman that I work with at, at, at my school. She's an English teacher. She's smart. She's funny. She's, I think she can come at this dispassionately. She's going to listen to this show, and I'm also going to give her the the written versions of of each of these 16 laments. And she's going to decide who goes on to the Elite Eight. I guess this is a sad 16. We, We wouldn't say Elite. Defeat Eight? Is that good? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, she's going to decide and then I'm going to get another judge to do the the elite eight or may, or maybe we'll do that from Collins. I don't know. I'm open to suggestions, but let's get this started. Um, I got to get this double doink thing up here. Do you guys know what a double doink is? I did not until I, uh, this Liberty ad You've got three people singing the Liberty song. It's very catchy. But then the But then the black guy goes, ooh, and they look look at him. That's a little rough. A little racist. But the black guy's giving it soul and the I guess whatever. Pick your battles. Okay. Here I'm gonna play this this YouTube clip that that this contestant and I decided to go. Anonymous, beautiful anonymous, Chris Gethard style. I, I decided to go anonymous on people's memories, on the, these 16 memories. I feel like that's more fair. You know, if my wife does one, I don't want any special treatment either way. Um, so, yeah. And what was the other thing? Oh, what do you win? who the the winner of this whole thing what what do they get i was looking through the calendar and i've got a, a um race to the bottom on saturday july 4th 4th of july to those in the know if if you win this thing you get to create the playlist for my 4th of july show you can go patriotic or you can just play uh g- give me music that you love and uh, you'll basically be in charge of my 4th of July show. How's that? How's that for a prize? All right, here we go. This is. So this guy's about to. Uh, this is our first sad memory. This guy's about to kick a, a field goal. I don't know a lot about football but this is the score is 16 to 15 there's 10 seconds left in the game he's at like the uh f- uh maybe 30 what would that be Thir- 35th 40 43rd yard 43rd yard uh winning field goal if he kicks this field goal he's going to he's going to win the game
1: and they do take the timeout and and that kick would have
0: so He's right about to kick it, and then they call timeout. I don't know why they did that. They call a timeout. He kicks it right, right through the through the uh, goal, and he would have won if they didn't call the damn timeout. But they call a timeout. Would have won the game. Would have won the game. Their third and final timeout of the half. And then he double doinks. So obviously, this this person's a, uh, who submitted uh, this is a big Chicago going, Cubs. Yep. Not Cubs, Bears fan.
1: And, uh... Got Patrick O'Donnell to hold it. You got Patrick Scales to snap it. So
0: now up comes the double doink. And I... While I'm not a huge football fan, I do really love the term double doink.
1: Nobody has gone to the park.
0: Nobody's gone to the amazing parking
1: game. lot. Yeah, an amazing game. It really is. You, you have to give Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky credit for what they've been able to do in the most clutch of all situations. And here it comes down one more time to a kicker after all the battle that's been waged out here tonight. As it so often does. 43-yard attempt from the right hash mark.
0: It hits That's impossible it hits both both sides of the uh of the the yellow what it, the upright it hits both sides the the person who uh who sent this in what well, maybe didn't choose wisely because I'm not good at if this was a baseball game I could narrate it, but I'm not a good play by play here so this so they they wrote one of my saddest moments, the Chicago Bears losing a playoff game on a double doink missed field goal. So that's that's number one. I'm sure that was incredibly sad for our contestant. And I'm I'm sorry for your loss. Okay, here we go. This is uh Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib instrumental in the background as I go to our second contestant and this is this is going up against the double doink this is called name on the barn cleared my throat here we go this story is really a sadness legacy when i was a kid my family would take a sunday drive spend a few hours in the car just out looking around you couldn't hardly go anywhere within an afternoon's drive of where I grew up that my dad hadn't been before, especially since he was the one driving. One Sunday, we passed an old barn on a remote county road, country road. Being the youngest in my family by a good many years, much of what happened between my mother and father, and even older siblings, was well before my time. Everything sounded like ancient history to me. My mother looked out the window at the barn and said, that's where Bobby Parrish lived. My dad was a big talker and usually quick to pounce on any memory to elucidate. He just nodded to my mother's comment and kept driving. You don't leave a comment like that up in the air in my family, unless it was assumed we all knew who Bobby Parrish was. I didn't. Then my mother told me of one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. Bobby was an orphan or a foster child. I don't know the details of his set of circumstances, and I'm not sure my parents did, other than that he lived with a man of my dad's acquaintance who was old enough to be the boy's grandfather. The old fellow was your common Florida dirt farmer, and more importantly, fisherman. My dad was an avid fisherman. I'm not talking about fancy boat and expensive gear show-off fishing. Old school trail through the woods, drag an aluminum John boat through the palmetto scrub for a mile each way to fish a forgotten five-acre lake that the old-timers said held some of the biggest bass they'd ever seen. That kind of fisherman. Florida before Disney, fisherman. Any weekend, would find Pop and my Uncle Tom and a few of the other kids piled in the old power wagon with a boat trailer hitched behind it, heading for the wilderness of primitive primitive Florida. Sometimes the wives would come along. My mother was at home on a lake with a fishing rod, as much as the men folk. More lines in the water, more fish, right? This particular weekend, they were heading to a lake out on the edge of Pasco County, some 15 miles from Dade City, where they stopped at the grocery store for provisions, likely a box of saltines, several tins of sardines and Vienna sausages in a cooler full of black cherry sodas. This was probably a full 10 years before I was born. I'm guessing my oldest brother and sister were around six and eight. When they walked back out to the curb, parked next to them was my dad's old friend, Mr. Parrish, putting a couple bags of groceries in the back seat. They exchanged greetings and paused to ask, how you been? Bobby Parrish was sitting in the passenger seat window down, looking at the boat hitched behind our truck. My brother and sister, about his age, laughing in the back. Going fishing, my dad said, as if it needed spelling out. Bobby reached out the window and tugged the man's sleeve, whispering, Can I go? The man shushed him and shook his head. It wasn't mannerly to invite yourself along on someone else's fishing trip. My dad noticed and volunteered. If you don't mind, the boy can come with us. I know where you live. I can drop him off before dark. The boy looked up at the man. Please, 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 can I? Oh, all right, but you better behave yourself. He'll be fine, my dad said, and off he went. They had a good day. They caught fish, nice weather, boat ride, and the kids had a grand time laughing and playing. When it was time to take Bobby home, Pop knew about where Mr. Parrish lived. You turn up the drive by a barn with tin siding that sat next to the road. They rolled up to the old farmhouse, and the man came out to meet him. "'Did he give you any trouble?' the old fellow asked. "'No, no trouble at all. The kids were glad to have him along. "'I think they had a good time.' "'All the kids nodded in agreement. "'Bobby climbed out of the truck. "'What do you tell, Mr. Pollock?' asked the old man, in "'an attempt to force a thank you from the boy. "'Will you come to visit?' the boy replied. "'The men laughed. "'I don't see why not,' my dad said. "'I'm going to paint my name on the barn by the road "'so you'll remember,' Bobby said.' They parted ways with a wave as my dad backed the boat trailer around and headed out the driveway. That was it. And there was the barn, rusted and falling in. But if you look closely, you could see some lettering painted on, an, on the old tin. Weathered letters, 20 years old, that read, Bobby. And ha- had they ever gone back? No. Even though the places on the back road between Kathleen and Dade City that we sometimes took on Sunday drives... And they had probably passed it a dozen times in the years after. They never stopped and never saw Bobby again. Driving past that barn and seeing that lonely boy's name painted there for you like a neglected billboard and never stopping. That was one of the saddest things I had ever heard. All right so that's our first matchup double doink verse the name on the barn send me a short story got my reading aloud chops up okay second contest crying in the library In fourth grade, I was caught talking in line while we were waiting to go to recess. My teacher says that as punishment, I had to go to the library and sit by myself for the entire hour while everyone else went out to play. I sat in the stacks and cried uncontrollably. Dang. That was uh, Sam Harris we were listening to beforehand. Uh, Not the atheist um, Islamophobe, but the uh, pianist and his song calls. And this is more Bremer and McCoy. Dropper. Okay, going up against crying in the library is Maple Tree. I'm really sad about the maple tree. My stupid neighbor cut down last year and made the Carolina wrens go away. And now the street light used to cover and now the street light that used to cover shines into our backyard and I'm constantly looking at the place where it was and feeling a deep sense of futility that's my March sadness I mean it's really annoying because he cut it down because he thought he was going to maybe make a parking spot there but he never did it because he has all this trouble but he had all this trouble in the city from other stupid things that he's done And he's really rich, and he owns three houses. And so now he's not even here for months on end, but the tree is still gone. Paved paradise. Right? All right, so that's maple tree first growing in the library. In our third round, we have dumped over nausea versus Ford Pardons Nixon. Okay, I was obsessed with this girl my sophomore year of college. We would hang out and watch movies in my dorm until like 2 a.m., took a bunch of the same classes, but we were just friends, even though she definitely knew I was interested. Finally, after I misread enough signs to ask her out again, she said yes, we should give it a try. I went to bed beyond excited. The next day in class, when she was a little standoffish and then elusive after, But I figured maybe it was the nerves Later that night She came by my dorm room to talk And said She and said Us dating was a bad idea Thinking about it all day Made her feel like she was going to throw up Then she left Dang That's dumped over nausea Six Easy for me The day Ford pardoned Nixon, most of the problems in today's Republican Party and some in the Democrat Party can be traced to that action. Democratic Party. I started saying Democrat Party like Rush Limbaugh does. It's disrespectful. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's Ford versus Nixon versus dumped over nausea. Next match. In 2002, I was warming up for a varsity basketball game at John F. Kennedy High School in the Bronx, and I tripped and fell in front of a gym packed of unforgiving urban youths who pointed and laughed at me, and it was pretty sad. I forgot the story, um, and then um, this person wrote back and said, I forgot the part of the story when I fell in the gym at JFK High School and my sneaker flew off because I hit the ground so hard, and I guess... They had to crawl after their sneaker. That's rough. Sad. And that goes up against engaged ex. Three weeks after my ex broke up with me, he was was engaged to another guy. My friend called me and was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? Because I didn't know yet. And then I was like, wow. I was at my dad's house alone upstate. I worked on a bottle of whiskey by myself that night, listening to Shirley Basie on loop. He did end up getting married. He now lives in Connecticut and has a kid. Maybe you dodged a bullet. Okay, so that's, that would be like the West Coast bracket. Or Whatever. Are they going to cancel? This might be the closest thing you have to March Madness because they might cancel that that jazz because of the corona. Okay. Now this would be like our eastern bracket. And this is Passed Out Parakeet. And then that's going to be verse Dumped at Wolf of Wall Street. Passed Out Parakeet. When I was six, I took my parakeet in his cage into the bath with me. The water was roaring from the faucet. I guess the noise was terrifying <laughs> terrifying because he passed out and fell off the perch. Fortunately, he was removed by my mother and he recovered. That must have been very sad to a six-year-old. I guess roaring water kind of knocks out a parakeet. Keep that in my back pocket. Uh, dumped dumped at Wolf of Wall Street went on a date to see a movie the date left me halfway through the movie and never returned finally finally she returned my text two days later and said she had a change of heart it was our third date we were seeing Wolf of Wall Street well at least it's a long enough movie to you had some time with her. If she was halfway through, that was probably two hours in, right? Okay, this next one is short but sad. Flying candlesticks. The time my mom got in a fight with my brother at Christmas when I was seven. She threw and broke the candlesticks my brother and I had bought her in front of us. Thanks. And that goes up against 5'10". Five 5'10". Five Every year, often in the summer, when we were at college, my dad would measure each of us and put a mark in the doorway with the year and our height. Since I was tall and called pretzel legs and olive oil at school, this was not a fun experience for me. Plus, all potential boyfriends were shorter than me, which was very embarrassing. I remember one summer in particular, probably when I was in ninth grade, that my height was five foot ten. This made me very mad and sad, and I stormed out of the cottage and sulked, knowing I was powerless to do anything about it. The bright side is that once I got older, I have been happy to be tall and really appreciate it. Oh, no, can't play this. This is not for... This is for political checkup. Sorry, Johnny. Political checkup might might uh, be pretty damn short this time. Gotta get these out. Okay. This is more Mad Lib instrumental from the album Pinata with Freddie Gibbs. Okay. Paddle Panic. This is our 13th submission, which is going up against Too Sad for Recess. Paddle Panic. I was out for a paddle in a sit-on-top kayak in the Everglades. A lot of Florida stuff. Suddenly I realized that a strong wind was pushing me further and further away from my camp. I also realized that at that moment that I really needed to poop. I struggled for nearly an hour and a half to paddle back to where I was camped. My friend Matt Drury was on the shore, noticing how hard I was struggling, but knowing he could do nothing to help me. I was panicking because I was afraid of being swept out to sea, and also, my need to poop had reached panic level. The very second my kayak reached land, I massively pooped myself. Matt couldn't help but to laugh, but man, I was sad. Jeez Louise. Paddle Panic. Okay, Paddle Panic is going up against. Too sad for recess. This is like a, a poem here. People are getting creative. A glorious snowstorm in suburban New Jersey, a steep, slick driveway. 7-year-old me, mid-descent, screaming with delight. My neighbor's knee, a busted lip. 7-year-old me, full wreck, screaming with pain. 40 stitches in my lower lip. 1st grade classroom the following Monday. My heavy lip rejects smiles. Everyone's talking, having fun. Teacher warns, settle down. Talking continues, too much fun. Time out for everyone. Except for Jason, he's too sad. That should be called Too Sad for Time Out. Let me fix that. Mistitled that. Hell of a poem. Alright, our last two here. This is called Pizza... Quote unquote delivery a friend and I went out to get pizza New Year's Eve before we decided what our plans would be we drove to our favorite spot but it turned out to be closed so we decided to head home and regroup on the way we on the way back we got t-boned by a pizza delivery guy we are completely fine but the car was done for turns out the pizza found us except he wouldn't even let the us have the pizza he was delivering loved that car man feeling for all these people this is stolen moments by Oliver Nelson okay last one Tears of joy were flowing down my cheeks as newly elected Obama was giving his acceptance speech and I was not alone, as many other cried as well. Later, I began to wonder why there would be tears of joy. The answer emerged. Tears of joy always occur when in contrast, when in a juxtaposition to something sad. You might have tears of joy at your daughter's wedding, for example, because you have lost your little girl. So the tears for Obama's success were for the years of oppression and abuse of a huge percentage of our nation over the past four centuries. I knew I needed to grieve when Omelette Barr was elected eight years later and the tears began to flow. A week or so later, as I listened to the Hallelujah Chorus sung by Leonard Cohen, they did. Sadly, these tears foretold the years to follow, hopefully for not eight. Alright, so that is our sad 16. Again, our judge. Our dispassionate judge. She's passionate about judging, but dispassionate about favoritism, I guess. We'll uh, judge those this week and we will have our defeat 8. I don't know if I like that. We'll have eight our, our our eight um our eight contestants, our eight teams go on. Okay? Okay. Here we go. We gotta do this quick.
1: And I'm okay.
0: The cold weather is now upon us. Is your car prepared? Hi, I'm Johnny from Johnny's Automotive. At Johnny's we worry about things and check them for you so you don't have to worry about them and check them. What about your wiper blades? Can they stand up to an ice storm? How's your heater doing? Have you checked it recently? What about your brakes? At Johnny's we make sure that your car is ready to do the job and fight hard against Jack Frost and his wintry mix of friends. Come on down to the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek. The Johnny's, we do it right and then check it. That's Johnny's way. See you soon.
1: I you ready for some Man, what
0: a week. What a week in politics. Thank you as always to Johnny. It's time for what in the crap. What in the
1: crap?
0: What in the crap? So if if you're just tuning in to this show, haven't listened for a while, and you're you're here because of March sadness. Uh, speaking of March sadness, uh, or all the way since what was it? Some to sometime in early February are political correspondent and politicos Bob Ball has been missing. He disappeared after the the New Hampshire primaries. Still no word. if you see Bob Ball he's he's um, he's bald and usually wears a trench coat like a um, kind of blue bluish gray trench coat. Um, just contact the authorities okay? Um also Bill Clinton you know uh you know the hashtag cancel clinton got some it got some more ammunition I started watching the Hillary Hillary on Hulu documentary my wife won't watch it with me but it's too fascinating for me to not watch and Bill says that he he uh, messed around with Monica to take care of his anxiety. That's great. I'll I'm going to watch this whole Hillary thing and I'll I'll talk about it some more. Pretty weird stuff. Okay, it's time for what in the. Well, no, it's time for who do you want to win? Who's gonna win? Who do you want to win and who's <laughs> gonna win? All right, this is going to be fun. We got to we got to say goodbye to some people and I know just a way to do it if I can find the damn the the dang Slash damn thing. Come on. All right, here's what I got to do. Sorry about this. You got to, sometimes you got to improvise. Here we go. Here we go. We can do this. Here we go. There we go. Goodbye to Tom Steyer. Come back again. Amy Klobuchar. I
1: want you to stay next time.
0: Pete Buttigieg. Oh,
1: sometimes the world ain't kind.
0: Elizabeth Warren. And Michael Bloomberg. Dang.
1: I just made a Is someone
0: you need. Well, I think what's right for the, the city is to the go. Other cities, otherwise, you'd have a naked cowboy in every city.
1: I look at these proposals and say, Do they hurt my Uncle Dick in the deer stand? They do not.
0: If you are watching this at home and you were exhausted, go to PeteForAmerica.com and join me in this effort.
1: And I think about how many women of my generation just got knocked off the track and never got back on. How many of my daughter's generation get knocked off the track and don't get back on. How many mamas and daddies today are getting knocked off the track and never get back on. And I want to tell you how I feel about the American people. Look, I played team sports my entire life. The bond between teammates is deep and emotional and full of love. And as far as I'm concerned, the American people are my teammates. And if there's one thing I will not permit, it is someone to run down the field and kick my teammate in the face. And that is exactly what I've seen over the last seven years, traveling around this country, seeing these Republicans led by Mr. Trump basically kicking the American people in the face.
0: It's just not true that the plan I'm proposing is small. You don't like me, and I don't like you.
1: Understand. You did a hell of
0: a job of your job thank you <laughs> that montage goes out to you we're down to two and uh man it happened fast it's hard to say goodbye to yesterday um let's see let's do this so thoughts thoughts on this stuff I tried to get back on, on Twitter. I realized, I've, I've talked about how I, I canceled Twitter when it became this uh, Omelette Barnes website. But I realized that I, I had a burner account, like Pierre Delico or whatever Romney's one was. Back in the day, I made this account called A Pizza Guy, where I was going to tweet about my pizza deliveries when I was at Pizza Cabin, and I never really used it. But I found it, and I got back on Twitter. I literally had the app on my phone for about 10 hours, and I just felt the darkness creeping back in. I had to delete it again. A lot of cognitive dissonance. I was following, basically my followers were split between Kind of more establishment people that I respect, and then and then Bernie people. A lot of cognitive dissonance. But here's what I will say: If it's going to be Biden, it's going to be Biden. But man, I hope that he embraces some of these policies that Bernie and and Warren have put forth. Restoring the soul of America is too abstract. If he doesn't want to do free college, he could at least do freeze freeze people's interest rates or bring them down to like 1%. If he doesn't want to do the Green New Deal, call it something else, but give these people in these uh, depressed areas of the country something to do and kind of get our infrastructure back online and more green basically the green new deal or at least you gotta you gotta do something big you know he's not gonna do Medicare for all You got to push this dude. Also, the big thing, the other big thing is all these these Chuck Todds of the world getting all giddy that Biden has uh, resurfaced. You got to know that in about four minutes, these same people are going to be both sides in it and tearing Biden down once he's the nominee. There's a lot to tear him down with. But then by the same token, I mean, I don't want to... They call it concern trolling. I don't want to concern troll, but I did from the 10 hours that I I spent on Twitter. These Bernie people are pretty... uh, You know, they're pretty rough in a lot of ways, and I understand it's a primary and people are trying to push push their candidate and everything. But you're not gonna you're not gonna win friends by by being a jerk. So, I'd say it it got a lot less fun uh, this week. Some people never think politics are fun, but man, it's rough. Rough and not very hopeful in, in my in my humble opinion, but what are you gonna do? Uh so next week The Elite Eight Saddest Eight Memories in the World will go head to head. Got a lot of stuff we didn't get to this week. That's okay. We'll do it next week. Before I go, just wanted to say rest in peace to McCoy Tyner, pianist most well-known for his work with John Coltrane. He's one of the best. He was like 82. Um, here's Sade with... King of Sorrow, staying on theme. Uh, Oh, and uh, if you can't listen to the show at 10 o'clock on Saturdays, I just wanted to remind you that there is a rerun of this show Friday at 2 p.m. Get ready for Crime Talk BK, or if you're listening to the rerun, get ready for Brooklyn Bandstand. Talk to you guys next week. I forgot to do this, guys. Uh, Sisters with Purpose seeks to empower women and their families by providing resources that help them develop necessary skills to become engaged community participants. On March 28th, they will be hosting their annual Women's History Luncheon to honor the amazing women in their community. For more information, check out sisterswithpurpose.net. If you're listening on your computer, get the app for iPhone or Android stay in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter radiofreebrooklyn.org newsletter and please help us in our drive to five we need to raise money to stay on the air for five more years it's our fifth birthday coming up help us out get ready for Crime Talk BK and I'll talk to you guys next week